0: Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, Behold, I, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Because you push with side and shoulder and thrust at all the weak with your horns, till you have scattered them abroad, I will rescue my flock. They shall no longer be a prey. And I will judge between sheep and sheep. And I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them he shall feed them and be their shepherd and I the Lord will be their God and my servant David shall be Prince among them I am the Lord I have spoken this is the word of the Lord the psalmody for today is Psalm 95 verses 1 through 7 Oh come let us sing to the Lord let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation let us come into his presence with thanksgiving Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. The second reading is from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, the 15th chapter. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in each Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ, the firstfruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that he is accepted who put all things in subjection under him. When all things are subjected to him, then the son himself will also be subjected to him who put all things in subjection under him, that God may be all in all. This is the word of the Lord.
1: The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another, as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. You cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels for I was hungry and you gave me no food I was thirsty and you gave me no drink I was a stranger and you did not welcome me naked and you did not clothe me sick and in prison and you did not visit me then they also will answer saying Lord when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you. Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Mentioned at the early church that this was a challenging uh, message for me this week. And and because I was nervous that uh, the message would be helpful to you folks, I wanted to make sure that I would at least say the ending in the beginning as well as the ending. So even if the middle doesn't make any sense, at least you could hear the, the goal of the message. The goal of the message would be this, that we would know Jesus, and his spirit and his heart that we would follow him and his ways. And then in that place that we'd help others to know Jesus and to discover his heart and his ways as well. And that we would do these things every day, the same way day in and day out until the day our Lord Jesus returns as Christ and King. That that's how we're called to live and how we're called to love every moment of every day. Well, that said, the idea of the message in the gospel lesson, we had sheep and goats and we had judgments and things swirling and how to present that in a way that I've come to understand. And so a couple of stories that will help this morning, I hope. First one comes to us from a, a, an event that took place. At a church camp called Sky Ranch. Sky Ranch is a Lutheran church camp in Colorado. Um, I think if you go from Denver north, like Fort Collins, and you head up, there's like I think it's a Poudre River or something like that, and you follow that river up into the mountains in the vicinity of Estes Park, and and up there at 9,000 feet, in the beauty of the pines and the aspens and the in the creeks and the meadows, is this was this Lutheran church camp that we attended, and we would go there with our confirmation class. On um, this year, we had chartered a bus because we had over 40 kids, and we invited some neighboring churches to come with us so we could fill the bus up to 55, 60 people. Now, while we were there, um, we were told that at the end of every day, we could have pastors and the, the church leaders could have time with our youth, and um, separate from the camp, just us and the kids. And so um we took advantage of that so we found a place that could accommodate about 40 of us plus the adults that were there and there was a there was a meadow that has a bunch of big pines and we had a, and there's a creek flowing next to it so it was just a perfect picturesque place where we could just sit down and 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 visit and on our way over one of these evenings like on our second day there no actually the first day there when we're going out i was trying to let the kids be mindful of landmarks because now they're in the mountains on their own. I don't want them getting lost. And said, so when you're walking, try to keep track of landmarks. And as we're getting too close to a turn in the in the in, in the trail, uh, an option in the trail, there's a creek right in front of us. We could go right and go west and go up the mountain. We can make a right turn or a left turn and go east and kind of go down the mountain to the place where we're going to sit. But I said, what's noticeable here? And and some of the kids were huddling around. And when they all had huddled, they noticed that in the middle of the creek. I probably one of the camp counselors had taken round stones of different sizes and stacked them, balanced them. I've seen those in places, and I'm always shocked of how a human being can make stones stack and stay stacked when they are rounded and balanced like that. Well, there was at least eight to ten stones stacked of different sizes in the middle of the creek. And I said, okay, when you see this, you know you've got to go this direction. got to make a, a right turn because we're going to go left. And they all saw it, and they were all heading their way. We went down to the spot where we were supposed to sit. We had our prayer time. We had our, our Bible lesson time, our quiet time. We were writing in each other Bibles, different messages for each other. And when it was time to go back i said okay now you guys lead us and i was like in the middle so i could pay attention to both front and the back side of this group with the other adults and all of a sudden i noticed they're bunching up And it's like what's going on they know that when they get to this place there's your landmark make a right turn head to camp but they didn't so there some of them saying they need to go further along the creek before they make a right turn and so they kind of stopped and i made my way up there i said what's happening and they said well, the pillar of stones isn't there? We got to make a turn at the next one, but I'm not I know the trail. I know we need a right, right, right turn here, but I'm noticing that the pillar of stones is gone. I said, oh, that's sad. Um, they fell over. And someone in the in the group that was around me said, no, they didn't fall over. Brad knocked them down. And I thought, why would someone do something like that? So anyway, I said, no, we need to make a right turn. You guys head that way. And I was just waiting for them to single-file. They'd go by because it's a single-lane trail, pretty much. And when Brad came up, he was toward the end. I said, so, Brad, yeah, Pastor, I said, why would you knock over that cool, balancing stone pillar that was in the middle of the creek? Why would you do something like that? His answer was automatic and natural as much as I was saying, is it cloudy today? And he said, yes, it's cloudy today. His answer was this, there's no law against it. I thought, he's right. And I was speechless. And I was sad in a variety of ways as I heard his answer and thought about what had happened. Sad and speechless. Off we walked, went back to camp. Now, while prayerfully considering today's gospel lesson, I've, I've thought about that day. Because it happened, you know, and it, oh, it just comes to my mind. I thought about the young man, Brad. And I've thought about today's gospel lesson about sheep and goats. And, and one saying, oh, Lord, when did we see you and help you? As if they were always doing it, they'd never recognized Jesus. And the other group saying, well, we never help anybody. When did we ignore you? And, and I thought about the difference between the two. And maybe the difference is some ways is like the difference between how you read the letter of the law and the, and, and the spirit of the law. right? There's, there's, a, there's a phrase that goes on occasionally in schools. You probably talked about this in our attorney in the office. Probably the difference between the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. And I was thinking, you know, the letter of the law, that you do exactly what the law says. However, sometimes the law doesn't capture it all. And it allows a creative mind to find loopholes or technicalities where they can keep the letter of the law but still do what they want. But then the spirit of the law. Well, it's like the spirit of the law is that you're to follow the intent of the laws as the one who gave them to you would have you to follow. You'd follow the direction, maybe not paying attention to all the details because you knew the direction. And I was thinking, well, Brad followed the letter of the law. But he missed the message of love and gratitude, the idea of protecting and preserving the contributions of others that maybe the spirit of God's law presents. When you read the gospel lesson and you, and you learn of the sheep and the goats, well, the goats are the ones who maybe never noticed that they should have helped and didn't. They didn't think about it. It wasn't in their letter of law. They just passed it. But the sheep, it was just who they were. And they just kept helping people and they never noticed it happened to be Jesus. So a, we've had a goat example maybe about not, you know, the letter of the law. I think about an example that would say about the, the, the spirit of the law, a sheep example. And here's another story. A number of years ago now, um, I was invited to grow with a, a group of medical missionaries. They had been traveling to the Big Bend area of Mexico for at that point at least 15 to 20 years. And they were so on the big bend where the, the the Rio Grande River goes north and then comes back down in that bulge in the bottom that's Mexico. They would come in from Piedras Negras crossing. They would go way into Mexico and then they come back up to the bottom of Mexico and they would get to that area and it's the Chihuahuan Desert, desert, massive mountains. Landscapes that you can see for 70 miles easy on the clear days when it's not dusty, but most of the time you can see that far. Not a lot of trees, but it's like a mystical place. The stars are so amazing at night. Anyway, in that part of the Chihuahuan Desert, they would go on their medical mission trips. In, um, twice a year, they would go to one batch of four, and another. Uh, twice a year, they'd go to another batch. So like in February and in September, they would go to one batch. And then in April and November they would go to another batch and they tried to go not go there in the middle of the summer cuz it would have just been miserable on them and everybody else going with them. So I said yes I'll go and we had a couple people from the church go with me and off we go. One day it takes to get there. We drive all day to get there. We finally get there in the evening it's dark we've unpacked all the medical supplies we set up for the clinic for the next day. We take our snacks we go to sleep the next day there's a medical mission and it's beautiful right the people are coming I'm out front taking getting the names of the people hearing some of the requests answer sort of stuff making arrangements of which doctor they're going to see which nurse they want to visit with and and we do that all day they're being seen by them in the in the afternoon we take a break we play soccer with the kids we brought some new soccer balls for them and then in the evening we had a, a, a worship service after the worship service we packed everything up and went to the next village Set it up in the nighttime, ready for the morning. We did that for three days. On the fourth day, we needed to split the team. One doctor stayed in this kind of small place, and then another doctor and the nurse and the team go. And it was at least a three-hour drive. It was, and the road there was rough. At one point, it was really good, but it was a dirt road the whole way. Parts of the road had been washed out from the rains. Um, we were going across river crossings. This sandy place that so we get out and push behind this. Rear, oh, this van was old. It was it an was a, a old-style like 14-passenger van. It was set pretty high off the ground for ground clearance. We had two extra tires in the back in case we flatted one or two tires. But we had all of our medical supplies and gifts and Bibles that we had written out in Spanish in there and other things that we're going to leave at this one village. And so off we go. And, again, it takes hours to get there. We finally get there, and when we arrive, there's a little building that's kind of like a school place. And so from there, here comes the school teacher and the kids. And they told me the nurse told me I've watched her grow up. She she was one of the children here, and and now she she grew up. We got her to school, and at school she learned the nursing skills and medical skills, so she could come back as kind of a pseudo doctor nurse. And she was also a school teacher for this area. She loved her people. She wanted to help them, and that's what she's doing. And here some kids came out with her, and so. We unload stuff while the doctor and nurse are visiting with her. I'm unloading the stuff, getting the clinic ready. And we do that for about three or four hours because there's maybe only about 40 or 50 people in this part of that, that, that area. At the end of that, when we're starting to, to pack up the medical supplies that we're taking with us, she insists that we come to her house, that she, wanted, she had prepared something special for us. And, um, and what a surprise it, it would be. We, we enter her home, and it was a very small moss, adobe on the outside, kind of rough on the outside, but on the inside it was well kept. And there she had escorted us to her table, and there at her table she had coffee, hot coffee. She had uh, lemonade, and, and she had her best silverware and everything, our t- plates set out for us. And there were four chairs, and there were four of us. Her, her husband, and two children were going to stand. She let us have the seat. And this one took place in November. And I knew that as soon as I got back to this, this town I was serving in front in Texas, that that Sunday I had the sermon. And I knew the sermon was about this Bible lesson. And as I think about her and what she just did for these two strangers and two people she'd known for a long time, I was thinking about the gospel lesson when Jesus said, Lord, or they said to the Lord, when did we see you a stranger and invite you in? And I thought, wow, she's one of Jesus' sheep right now. And she just invited us into her home. And into the heart, into the kitchen, we're invited. We're sitting down. And they start then to bring the food. And they had in this place, they brought over this pot of, of awesome Spanish rice. And they set that down on a, on a warmer. And then they, they, they had a bowl of, of beans. And they brought that over and they sat down. She had been making tortillas. And we had the tortillas there. They had made some fresh salsas, a green one, and it was really hot and a red one that was pretty mild for the, the two folks. And we had those. And it was one of the best meals ever. And they're doing that for us when we are at the end of four days, five days, a little bit dusty, a little bit dirty. Our hygiene has only been cared for by by baby wives, and so we're a little dirty, a little smelly probably, and she didn't care. She lays out this feast for us, all of us presented on their very best, and the man of the house, he was a proud, he was as a strong man, a strong man. Him and his friends in that area would be hired and they would cross at a little town called Boquillas and they would come up in the United States to help our force, our national forest fighters. And they were part of the fire crews that we, we could hire and they would contract to help come up to that. And, and this strong man who was a man of dignity, he was a good man to his wife and his children. He said something that haunted me and it haunted us. He's, he apologized. He apologized because he had no meat to offer us. And he knows the Americans always have to have meat. Now, as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about the gospel lesson again. On Christ the King Sunday gospel lesson, when he said, Lord, when did we see you hungry and give you something to eat? When did we see you thirsty and give you something to drink? I can tell you we were hungry and fairly thirsty because we had a snack in the morning, and it's now probably about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. We hadn't eaten anything all day. And we're probably going to eat on the bus going back because we didn't want to eat in front of them. And here they brought us in, and that's what they prepared for us, and that was his message. When we finally finished eating after the meal and the visit time was concluded, they knew we had to leave because they didn't want us on those roads at night. But before we could leave, the lady, who is a little more, you know, she's more outgoing than the kind of quiet man, um, she wants to pray for the, the Americans her husband and her and her children put hands on our shoulders, on our backs, they're standing behind us in this little kitchen space. And the very first words that she prays was this, Padre Celestial, which is basically for us saying celestial father. Now, I've been a pastor at this point probably for six, seven years, and I'm thinking, wow, what an image that this teaching medic woman has of, of, our, of our God. Because those words identify God as the God of all creation, amazing creation. A God who who put the planets in orbits, who sets the moons and the stars and the galaxies and all the universes that are out there, the seen and the unseen. That is her God. And as well as the God who's as close and dear and tender as a father, an Abba. The start of her prayer, celestial Father. And then she goes into a gratitude piece. She she thanks God for the opportunity to prepare a meal for us, her Christian friends. She's never seen me before in her life, and she didn't see me. At all she I did get to see her again. I only saw her a couple more times after that. But she's thanking to she's calling us friend. And then the next petition is is. Is a beautiful, if not amazing, and the way I can only translate it, it was this. Her next petition is she thanks God, that God would place us into her care, into her home, under her protection, and in her sanctuary, if you will. She's thanking God that we are now under her care. And I'm thinking, we're the Americans. We came from the places of wealth and power and strength, and we're here to serve the needy, and it's flipped on us. We're now under her roof, under her care. This powerful woman of God and her faithful family are surrounding us, and they have a beautiful relationship with the celestial father. In the end, she almost pleads in a prayer. It was, I remember it's just like a pleading words and sounds to her words, that Jesus Christ would protect and guide us, her Christian brothers and sisters, as we traveled home that Jesus would bless us and keep us and these are her words faith's communion until we are once again reunited faith's communion there's no law there's no science there's no accounting and there's no measuring up or not measuring up there's nofty the intellectual words of like whatever those th- Theological and doctrinal statements we make of like, uh, God, they're just escaping my head right now. They're not important, I guess. Instead of using words about sanctification and atonement and things like that, for her, there's just a faith communion and an intimate Community of God, of her and her family in Mexico, but her American friends that she didn't even know in Texas. And she's pleading with our God that we would remain in a relationship with him until we're able to see each other again. Faith's communion. And as I'm hearing this prayer, the echoes of the Bible gospel lesson in my head. I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you've done it to me. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne and he will place the sheep on his right hand, the righteous on his right hand. He will say, come all you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared from you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Truly I say to you, as you've done it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you've done it unto me says Jesus. I hope that every time you think about judgment days, and sometimes they present it as doom and gloom and terrifying, I hope that every time you think about the coming of Christ as Lord and King on that day, and I hope every time that you think about today's parable of judgments, that's how it's titled, the parable of judgment, and you read about sheep and you read about goats and you read about Jesus speaking to them, that you hear the echoes of the stories I've shared, and you remember that it's not about a have-to, about following the letter of the law, but it's about a want-to. It's about being created to love and purposed to take care of each other and delighted to love each other and thankful to do so. That it's about the spirit of the law echoed in the life of Jesus. That we would know Jesus and his spirit and his heart. And we would follow him in his ways this day and every day of our lives until he returns as Christ the King or until our bodies go to the dirt and we get to see him face to face. But regardless of how we meet him or when we meet him, between this day and that day, that that is how we would live knowing jesus his spirit and his heart and then from that place that we would help others to know jesus as well that the other people around us that they could discover the heart and the love of jesus the goodness and his forgiveness and his 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 gratitude in us and that they could join us until the day of christ's return as king emmanuel lutheran church and all christians the faith community here and around the world, that is how we're called to live and how we're called to love until the return. And as we're doing that, we'll never have to be nervous about being called the goats and escorted to the places of punishment. We'll just know the delight of God now and the delight of God for all eternity. God help us be that church. Amen. We'll stand and sing the Let us confess our faith we will use the words of the Nicene Creed I believe in one God the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible and in one Lord Jesus Christ the only begotten Son of God begotten of his Father before all worlds God of God light of light very God of very God begotten not made being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made who for us and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. On the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. He will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sin. I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. And let us pray. Heavenly Father and Jesus, you made known your healing purposes and your saving desires in Jesus you give life as new as on the first day of creation release in our lives that spirit of thanksgiving that is too often shut in by the work of our worries release joy in us and link our spirits with your majestic Holy Spirit Lord in your mercy Lord Jesus as you walk with us you ask nothing from us except that we remember to give you thanks and that we turn Share share your good gifts with those in need. Lord, we pray for those whose needs come from a disease or a hunger. We pray for those whose needs come from war or terrorism. We pray for those whose needs come from a family neglect or abuse. Lord Jesus, we pray for their lives, that you will bless them, that their needs will be met, that they may not only receive healing or food, Lord that they would be blessed by your Holy Spirit's presence and a complete healing Lord in your mercy Holy Spirit help us have faith Help us to be models and examples of faithfulness in the world around us help us to be servants and ambassadors for the one we call Lord and Savior and help us enjoy and celebrate the opportunities to be and do such things with those around us Lord in your mercy Father, hear our prayers this day for those we know and love who are suffering from some physical needs. Lord, those who are facing tests or surgeries, those who might be recovering from the illnesses or even COVID. Lord, especially hear the prayers that we name in our hearts now. Lord, in your mercy. Lord Jesus, we are your church. We ask you to dream in us and work through us. Help us to be a church that loves and adores you. Help us to be a church that delights in the care and redemption of others. Lord, if we are in error, correct us. If we grow weary, strengthen us. Into your hands we commend all for whom we pray, and we will trust in your mercy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.